0: Hey everyone, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival Magazine, and let me ask you this, are you in a marriage or relationship where your husband, your wife, your significant other is not as serious as you are about guns, or maybe isn't on board with your plans for emergency preparedness? Now let me ask you this, would you like them to be? Well, and this broadcast is just for you. Go ahead and check this out now.
1: firearms training urban survival close quarters combat this this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is modern combat and survival
0: okay, so last week I was having lunch with a a friend of mine who is a knife designer and we're designing a uh, we're designing a knife for release sometime in two thousand and sixteen. And one of the things we were talking about was about his own personal plans for preparedness and firearms and home defense and things like that. And he made a comment to me that I think he thought was going to shock me, but it didn't because I hear this all the time. And that was basically in a nutshell, if my wife knew all the things that I had, if she knew the guns that I had, if she knew the guns that I owned, she would absolutely kill me. And this is a very common thing where, you know, you might be married to somebody or you have somebody in your life as a significant other who doesn't follow your thought pattern about being prepared for emergencies, about even personal defense, even owning a gun. And I know this from experience, not only from the questions that we get on our blog and during and for podcasts and things like that, but because I live it. Now, let me just say that my wife does not read my books she does not listen to my podcast she does not want anything to do with the industry that that I'm in she does she will never own a gun by her own admission okay but here's the thing it's not that she has to follow all of those things that I follow but that doesn't take away my responsibility to keep her safe i mean as a as somebody who considers himself a full survivalists of, of every sort, whether it be a home invasion, whether it be a natural disaster, whether it be a grid down situation, pandemic, whatever whatever the threat might be, I believe in being prepared for whatever that is. And when that happens, whether or not my wife is on board with my plans or, or with with my passion for being prepared, well that's not going to matter when an event actually happens, right? So we all know we still have the responsibility to be able to be prepared for any sort of a disaster, crisis, or attack. But wouldn't it be great if they were on board? <laughs> wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be great if, if you could prepare together? Wouldn't it be great if you could go to the range together? So I know that there are a lot of you that are listening right now that are, are probably in the same situation, maybe as I am or as other people are. OK, well, I want you to breathe a sigh of relief because there are actually some solutions for you here. OK, and when I say that, I mean that for everybody, because you're not you're not getting rid of that obligation. That you're having. You're not getting rid of that responsibility. So the purpose of this broadcast that I'm doing is not necessarily to convince your partner to think the same way that you do or to begin preparing like you do, or to go down to the range with you. That might never happen, as it is in my case. The goal of this broadcast is to give you some solutions to potentially make that happen, but even if it doesn't, to help give you some, some things to go off of that maybe will will warm the waters a little bit and will help you, any, in any case, be more prepared than what you are now. Okay? So under that that umbrella of you may not actually convince your partner of this. I have five things here. And the first one is don't flaunt it because you need to understand that you don't need to convince your partner. Okay. That is not necessary for you to be prepared. Now, when the time comes, when an event actually happens, if a disaster happens or something like that, then you need to be in a leadership role with the survival gear and with the the plan that you have in place ahead of time so that when you get that look in her eyes like, oh, my God, I love you. I wish I'd listened to you all along. I mean, wouldn't it be great? Like, that's, that's like a magical moment right there. Like, you were right. I was wrong. What do we do? When that happens, that's not the time to say, see, I told you so. Now look at us. We're screwed. But leading up to that, though, you still have to be prepared. So the first thing is, don't try to convince them. Okay, don't flaunt it. You don't want to be the one to always tell them it's coming. The, the the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Then you start driving more division with you and your partner. And if it's one thing I've learned from 15 years of marriage now, it's that you, you, that women, men and women think differently and the last thing that a woman wants if i'm speaking to the guys out there is for you to be the the preacher of the relationship and to just try and teach them what they need to do okay so so don't flaunt it because all it's going to do is just create more division when you might need more cohesion okay so now does that mean you need to hide everything well it could okay so this reminds me like when i was um when i was a youngster growing up My next door neighbor had his secret stash of Playboy magazines and my best friend who lived next door to me knew where they were hidden. Uh, But apparently the guy's wife didn't. my, My friend's mom didn't. And so he but there was this this special little locker in a corner of the garage that was under this and that. And so, you know, hey, fourth, fifth grade if you had free access to a sneaky pile of Playboy magazines, then you were going to take it, right? Well, if you have like survivalist magazines, or if you have um, any gun magazines, if you have a spouse who is not into guns, the more you leave those lying around, the more they're going to just be this constant reminder of how there's you don't think the same way. Okay. So don't keep those lying around, have a secret stash for your survival magazines, for your for your gun magazines, someplace that you can still get to them, you can read them. It might be under the the seat of your of your truck, and you know when you get a break at work or something like that, you can read them or or something like that. I mean, you don't definitely don't want to be reading them in the lunchroom over at work, but someplace that you would have them that you can stay up to date on them. Um, all of our programs are actually in e publication format, so if you have any sort of like your computer or something like that. You can always read it on there. If you have a tablet, even if you have a smartphone, all of our programs can be can be read on all of those things. And so you could read those right in the living room if you wanted to, and and your spouse would probably not even know what's going on. But you don't want to try and flaunt it out there. you might want to look at the ways that you are flaunting it. Now, the counter to that is is to make it their plan. So in other words, without with not flaunting it. What you're doing is you're not you're not necessarily making it your plan. Here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to believe in. And here's how we need to prepare. The secret is to make it their plan. And so that's tip number two is to make it their plan. And the best way to do that is really not with preaching, but asking questions. Now, I used to also be a corporate trainer for a uh, for a national security company. And anything that I did when it came to training training, um even even in the military when I was training people it was always about questions. Some of it was demonstration, but it was really about questions because the best way to learn is by pulling it out pulling the answers out of people, getting people to think about it themselves and take ownership of whatever it is that you're trying to teach them. Well the same thing goes like with your spouse or your partner. Okay? So, you might want to look at things like like news stories. So if you're watching the news together and there is a flood that happened, or an earthquake that happened, even if it's over in, a, in another country um you might know that you know you're sitting on a fault line that you know a lot of people don't know about, or you know did you you know somebody was telling me at work yesterday, did you know that we are um only you know twenty seven miles from a nuclear um storage facility you know might you know and and you know if if there were a fukushima type type event, gosh, something could happen to that that nuclear facility, what would we do? You can use news stories about that. Oh, wow, that's so horrible that people are going through all of that. What would we do if, honey, what would we do if that happened? And genuinely ask for their opinion. You know, it it can't be like, gosh, you know, like, what would we do? I I think we should do this. It, It needs to be a legitimate question for them and ask them and let them give you an answer. You know, it's like you're you're pulling it out of them. You're putting them in a situation because most people are often in that, well, it'll never happen to me mode, right? But it can. And oftentimes now, especially when I'm talking about things like evacuations and things like that, I bring up the story of my own little Texas town that had the the worst flood in, I believe, in Texas history. We had 75 homes pulled into the river, and we have some horrific stories of people that died people who they had their door knocked on twice by the sheriff, telling them to evacuate, and they didn't evacuate. And then their house was pulled into the river. Then they were screaming all the way down the river, and they died. Uh, in their house, floating down the river, they drowned. Okay, so there are stories to draw off of that. Gosh, what would we do in that situation? Now, it does help to have uh, realistic scenarios that might possibly be Um, A threat for you. Now that means you need to do your own threat analysis of where you live. Do you live in an area prone to flooding, or even close to flooding? Do you live in uh, near a fault line? A lot of people don't realize, but Las Vegas has a fault line going right down the right down the 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 strip there. I didn't know that until last week, actually. Uh, But you know, look at what the threat is in your area. Uh, Could it be wildfires? Do you live in California? gosh if we had to leave what would we do i mean maybe we should have something maybe we should have something set aside you know if they come up with what would we do like what would we take that's what you can ask, you can ask them it's like you know if we had to get out of the house really quick if it was a fire in the house what would we take with us if there were fires if there were forest fires going what let's let's think about this what should we what would we throw into the back of the car because if there's a fire coming or something if we're if we need to escape out of here before the the through the highways get blocked off, how what would we take? I mean let's think about this. And then start to put together a list together. Those are the kind of things that can actually you know, that that's gonna create discussion. And discussion is exactly what you want. Now the other thing is that you can use are movies. And now I'm not talking about like World War Z or zombie movies and things like that. Obviously those aren't all that they aren't that um they're, well, they're not realistic, okay? But if she's into Walking Dead, then, you know, great. I mean, that's actually kind of gives you, it might give you a cool avenue in. But what you're looking for are other movies that you might rent. You might come home with a movie. Well, I know, they don't really, nobody ever comes home with a movie anymore, right? But they might, you know, at the libraries, you might not know this, but at the libraries, you can, you can rent movies for free. Or you don't even have to, I mean, they don't rent them. You sign them out. So you might just go to the library and come back with a free DVD. And, you know, but you want to look at something that is is a little bit more realistic. So something that is like an earthquake uh, related thing or um, like about a pandemic. There's a movie that not too long ago, it was an all star cast and it was called Contagion. That was about pandemics. And those are some of the things that we talk about as being threats. Right. So it might be something uh, like that. Now if you want to go a little bit further into the, like the um the fantasy realm you can get something like The Road which was an an amazing uh an amazing survival movie. Now that's a heart-wrenching movie. It's a really like it really shows like a full-blown collapse. But things like that can really create some discussion, okay? But always better to make it actually more realistic, okay? Okay, well, I've got three more tips coming up for you that are going to help you with your own dilemma in your own relationship. But first, check out this special message.
1: In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos... Or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home. The supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug-out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine when sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival, don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show.
0: Okay, we're back. Talking about ways that you can try to get your spouse or your partner on board with your plans for emergency preparedness or even firearms. Okay? So, Let's go ahead and jump back. I've got three more tips here for you. The third one is to take away the survival sting. Okay, so obviously there's been a lot of media exposure and movies and reality shows all around emergency preparedness and preppers. And they're mostly not very good. Okay, now there are some that are just basically about wilderness survival. But as you know, we talk more about things like economic collapse, pandemics, things that can really turn our society into a blender. And uh, so, but if you go down that road with your spouse or your partner, then that starts to put you over into the tinfoil hat zone, right? So what you can do is to take away that survival sting. And by that, I mean, there are more than enough, when we talk about the things that really are a, a threat, the realistic threats. OK, a grid down blackout, pandemic disease outbreak, economic collapse. Those are things that there are news stories popping up all the time about this. So it might be a uh, flu over in the east or it could be a pandemic outbreak that's happening in Europe. It could be things like that, that that you might find on the news and it, it, again, we go back to that. It can open up an opportunity for discussion about things. okay where with the what are you know, what are what would we do in this situation and get your spouse really, really talking about that stuff. But what you can do is like, you know, obviously one of the biggest fears right now and the thing that we talk a lot about is the is the economy and how. Our national debt is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually, I mean, it's just common sense that it can't, we can't go on like this forever. At some point, there's going to be an economic collapse. We just keep kicking the can down the road and the government just keeps making it seem like everything's okay. Don't, you know, don't, don't look behind the curtain. Everything's fine over here when we know better. However, you can look at those things on the news. And I'm sure that if your spouse is the one, let's say, that does the shopping at the grocery store, it might even be just looking at things like how inflation is secretly going on. So it might be that you read a story and you can find a story like this online from credible news sources about how food manufacturers are, cre- are putting less product inside of the same size boxes and increasing the price a little bit by increasing the price just a little bit, but also reducing the amount of food that they put in those, bo- those same size boxes, the American public is kind of going through thinking they're buying the same exact thing, but their money is actually the inflation is actually already happening. So it could even just be bringing up a story like that. When you talk about economic concerns and how times could be tougher in the future, well that opens up the ability to do things like getting a survival food storage plan. Now, Again, this is something that it's not just for when the the zombies start coming out of the ground and start chomping on faces. So it gets you out of the doomsday prepper mode, but survive, having a survival food storage plan, whether it is, well, I'll say including all of all of these, one, you know, building up your pantry and buying things in bulk. Okay, that's one. Number two is having some sort of dehydrated food or freeze-dried food in, that you could have uh, stocked away somewhere that you can pull out if you need to or having and or having a garden of some sort. Now, obviously, gardening is something that you could do even just as a hobby that is emergency preparedness, okay, which flies completely under the radar, okay? So it's, again, you're being responsible, you're providing for your family, but... It doesn't necessarily, it doesn't seem like it. Okay. Now, the emergency food plan, okay, certainly buying things in bulk has an economic advantage. You're saving money as a family. And you might say, even say, you know, let's start buying in bulk. And I bet with that money that we're saving, we can save up for a vacation to go somewhere. Or we can get that, that new, we can put a down payment on that new car that we've always wanted. So you can put it under the, under that umbrella of saving money. When it comes to the survival food, you know, I have a whole year's worth of food for my family in uh, I you know, it's our it's our uh food for patriots uh food that we have. So I've got a a year of food for patriots food for my family. And if there's ever any sort of a um an economic downturn, then I know I mean that that's only like a dollar fifty six per serving, if I have the uh, if I have the numbers right. It's like a dollar fifty you can't go to McDonald's for that much and get a meal. Okay? So just having that available helps to supplement any sort of a – um, if, if, if there was a problem with resupply of food in your area or if you, even you needed to subsist on all of that. But if you lost your job, if you, um, something happened to your Social Security payments or whatever happens, you at least have food there to be able to supplement your garden or what you can get at the grocery store, whatever it might be. Okay, so those are legitimate real concerns that people might have that you can stock up on things like bulk food, toilet paper, even things like uh things like that, okay um if you live in the north, you know you can start talking with your spouse about you know if there were if there were a massive storm that came through, a blizzard that came through and it knocked out the power, we would need a way to keep the the heat going or keep the refrigerator going or uh, something like that. So, again, you might want to look at, do you have a, an alternative source of heat? Maybe that's a good opportunity for you to look at buying a generator of some sort, um, even like a solar generator or something like that. OK, you can um, plan for things like uh blackouts by getting solar air lanterns. I love the solar air lanterns. They're so one of my one of my favorite pieces of, of survival gear that I have both for bugging out and for um even for for at home. So, you know, any all of those supplies that you consider survival gear can really just be things that you would normally need for any sort of even a minor like a blackout or anything like that at home. So, that's going to take that survival sting out of your emergency preparedness, okay? Okay. Uh tip number 4 is to take up camping and hiking. Now, I recommend this Anyway, because, as far as i'm concerned, having an emergency preparedness plan, especially things like evacuation and bugging out and things like that it's only good if you really practice it well, i won 't say it's only good i mean it, all, it it helps to have all that gear and stuff, but if you don 't know how to use it or the time to learn how to use something or know what it's like to actually live in a remote location or be able to sustain yourself on nothing more than what's in a in a backpack well. The time to do that is not in the middle of a disaster, right? So the best way to do that is to actually go out and don't bring your, you know, your your camping stove with you and things like that. You know, see what it's like to actually try and build a fire without a lighter. And that's simple stuff that you can do on like a simple camping trip or a hiking trip or something like that, where you can get your spouse together and you can just go, go camping and hiking. Now, if they are not into camping, so I'll tell you right now, my wife's idea of camping is a Marriott resort. Okay, she does not, you know, don't even think about not having a shower in location. So he, probably even if I had the, the if we did like RV, which I we don't I don't have an RV, but if we had an RV, that might even be a stretch for her. Okay, so Jaja is not going to go. Really backpacking with me out into the country and setting up a tent, or in my case, you know, a lean-to poncho, my hooch, then she's not going to, she's not going to be into that at all. But that doesn't mean you don't have to. So one of the things that you can do is if you have children, especially if you have um, a, a son, then this is what I do: is we go, we're part of Boy Scouts and we go camping. Obviously, if you go camping, even if your spouse doesn't, you're going to need a backpack, wink, wink, bug out bag. Right. So if you didn't do any sort of camping or anything like that and you come home with some sort of a bug out bag or you order one online, preferably one of our ex Bob bug out bags, then that's going to look a little strange and like, hey, honey, what's this for? Right. But if you have a legitimate use for it, then obviously there you go. So at least, again, you have it. You're prepared if you need to be able to be forced to bug out. You have the ability to do that. Or you could just come back from, let's say, uh, a garage sale. And when you find a backpack, you bring it back. And even if you don't go camping, you say, you know, eh, I've been thinking about it. If we ever do it, eh, I got it for 10 bucks. What the heck? I'll just throw it in the garage. Again, at least it's there, right? Okay. Now the last the last tip because I told you it it might it might be that you're not going to convince your spouse or your partner of anything right okay which is in my case and again it's a good thing my wife is is not listening to any of my podcasts or reading any of my books because the last one here is my personal confession to you because I do have a spouse that is probably not going to do anything so my my wife is the pie in the sky. You know, everything's going to be fine. Nothing bad is ever going to happen. Um, Even though we live in a town that just went through a flood, it was really hard for her to see what other people are going through. But our home is not in any sort of a flood zone. We are not in any danger of being flooded. So for her, again, the threat is not in our own home. It's out there. It belongs to somebody else. That only happens to other people. Okay. Now. I did promise you, that if, you're, if you had one of those unconvincible spouses that did not like guns, that did not like emergency preparedness, that there were still things that you can do, all right? And so here's what it is. You basically just have to keep it secret. Now we talk about this when it comes to, you should be keeping your preps a secret anyway, because you don't want other people knocking on your door when there is no food in your area And you've let everybody know that you've got a year's worth of food available or that you have a garden or that you have a whole bunch of weapons and they need a weapon because there's looting going on in the area and they need, they need a, they need something to defend themselves. All of a sudden you're dipping into your reserves for somebody else. So we tell people keep it a secret. Okay. But we also tell people, look, in order to keep it a secret, you might even need to keep it a secret from your spouse, so now, if you have a spouse or a partner who is fully on board with you okay who is into is is into preparedness and understands that need to keep things secret, then great they keep it a secret but if they're not on board with you, you really don't even want them to know because when when your spouse is is over at the coffee clutch or playing bingo with their friends. And it's like, yeah, my crazy husband, he just bought another thousand rounds of ammunition or he just bought, just got a whole big box of, of survival food in the mail. Oh my God. He just, he's driving me crazy with all this stuff. Okay. Get the picture. It's no longer a secret. So you might have to keep these things a secret, even from your spouse And I want you to know, I'm going to take a big load off your shoulders here, is that that's okay. Now, the conversation that I I told you started all of this on Friday when I had lunch was with a friend of mine. And he said, if my wife knew the guns that I had in the house, she would kill me. He kept them hidden. But you could see the guilt in his face. And you know what? It's okay. My wife doesn't know. She knows I have a gun safe. She does not know what's inside of that gun, kick, that, uh, that gun safe. She doesn't know what's in there and she doesn't know. She doesn't want to see the gun that I carry on my hip and she doesn't see it. I make sure that it's out of her view. She, she lets me do it, but <laughs> she, uh, she doesn't, I, she just doesn't want me to flaunt it. Now, The other thing is that you might want to look for ways. So like we said, there are are things that you can prepare for right right under her nose or his nose, because I know there are women out there with the same exact problem, that will allow you to um, do it right in plain sight, like starting a garden, like putting together camping gear, like even buying survival food or even buying things in bulk for the pantry. So there are things that you can do right in plain sight. But then there are those things that, you don't want to have in plain sight. Okay. Um, the So this is where <laughs> this is where you're gonna to have to probably start skimming cash and going things going about things a little covertly. So think about this right now. Where are some ways that you get extra cash or that you can save extra cash, and I do mean cash, cash in your pocket. Because, and again, it depends upon your situation, but, but my wife handles the finances in, in, uh, in our family. And if she sees a hundred dollar charge from Bass Pro Shop or Cabela's, then she's going to ask me what it's for. And she's probably going to realize that it's probably for ammunition. Okay. So. I know that I'm going to probably have to, if she, if you have a spouse or partner that watches the books like my wife does, then you might have to answer for certain stuff. Well, there are things that I don't want to answer for. And that's where cash come, that's where cash is really king. So look and find ways that you can get a cash allowance for stuff. Maybe the two of you have your own spending money, which I always recommend people having. You have your own spending money. And rather than it being an, an amount that you can use on the, the card, on the debit card for the month, that you actually just take it out in cash at the ATM machine. Now, there might be something that you want to save up for. It might be a firearm that you want to purchase and put away in a gun safe somewhere, someplace that's going to be safe. Okay. Um, now, obviously, your spouse is probably going to notice a gun safe, and you might have a spouse or a partner that doesn't want a gun safe. So what do you do then? Well, this is where we look at caching. And by caching, I don't necessarily mean slipping out of bed in the middle of the night, going out in the backyard with a shovel and digging up and and, and creating a a PVC pipe vault for all of your stash, okay? But we always talk about how when it comes to surviving a a major crisis, it's best not to do it alone anyway. So it is always best to have a um, a survival team, if you will for a, for you know a simple term for it, but to have your own survival team that you can prepare with and in the case of a crisis or any sort of a disaster that you can pull your resources together and actually you know uh, handle the crisis together okay that's going to be your best bet so we talk about that in some other some other podcasts and our blog and things, and so you definitely want to start building out your survival network. And you might you're most likely going to have somebody whose spouse maybe is on board with what they do or doesn't mind if they have guns and they have their own their own gun safe. So it might be that you buy things that are for your use, but you keep them at a friend's house or a member of your survival team, somebody who is who understands that's your stuff, okay? who is part of your network because those are pooled resources that you'll both be able to use. When you come together in a crisis, if it's something that's going to be major enough that, okay, honey, guess what? I've been uh, you don't even have to say like, yep, I've been secretly skimming money and buying emergency preparedness gear. And here it is. See, I told you so. I told you we need it someday. It can still be your friend helping you out and bringing over those supplies as, okay, here, I'm letting you use some of my supplies. So this can go as covert as you need it to be. But. That is a form of caching right it's It's keeping your gear someplace that is not going to be um seen by your spouse until you actually need it. It could even be if you have a storage facility that you're currently using I'm not recommending necessarily like going out and getting your own secret storage facility uh you know one of those um whatever' like uh you know those storage the storage lockers getting one of those and hiding stuff in it. And, and then all of a sudden your your spouse finds out that you you have, um you know, your own storage facility and it, that she didn't know about. And that you go into like, well, maybe she was married to somebody from Silence of the Lambs or something. But if you already have one that you're currently keeping stuff in, you might put in a foot locker in there or something where you can put things and have a lock on it or whatever that you can start storing things just in case you need to get to it. Okay. So, and and again, that doesn't need buy in. And that's something that again that's gonna be a personal choice for you, but I can tell you that I have my own personal allowance that I get. She has no idea she it's not her none of her business what I do with my money if it's my personal money. And if I wanna buy ammunition with it, I always use cash for ammunition anyway. I don't I don't charge it, I don't put it on any credit card or anything, but if I have cash, I might buy ammunition. I might go down to the local uh, army surplus store, get some gear there. I might get a cashier's check and make an arrangement with a company that I need gear from that rather than using a credit card, I send in a money order or a cashier's check for something. And don't be afraid to contact these companies where you might want something and, you know, contacting their customer support. And saying, I want to purchase this product, but I do not want to use a credit card. What's another option that I have? Most of the time, you'll find that they're very amenable to actually helping you make it, make the purchase. Okay? Okay. Well, those are five tips that hopefully are a big help for you in in having a little bit of relief that might even end some of the arguments that you might have or the eye-rolling that you get. And it might even change the way that you interact with your partner. Maybe it takes you out of preaching mode. Maybe it gets you away from, you know, trying to convince them of something and realizing that, again, you don't need to convince them, but you do need to prepare. And hopefully these five tips are going to help you do exactly that and help you be better prepared. Okay? So go ahead, do your own assessment of how many of these will actually work for you. And again, put action behind them because the only reason, the only way they're going to help you if you actually do something about it. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'm done being Dr. Phil, but now it's your turn. I want to hear from you. For those of you out there that have had a problem, maybe with a spouse or partner who hasn't been on board with your passion for emergency preparedness or, Your firearms. What did you do to maybe get them to come around? Or what are you doing because you weren't able to get them to come around? What are the questions that you have that others might be able to help you with? This is an opportunity for us all to share and be able to help one another out. So please check it out on the blog. Go ahead and leave a comment there about your own experience in your relationship and emergency preparedness. So go ahead and do that now, and I look forward to seeing your comments there. And until our next Modern Combat Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying train hard, stay safe, prepare now.
1: This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment.